BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Well, it's Friday. Having a really bad week. And I'm not just talking about the markets. Money Mitch goes out of town Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Dennis gets COVID. And we have chaos in the markets. But we got to cheer up. We got to find something to talk about. That's why I'm bringing on Sean Udall. We got a lot to talk about today, folks. We got to talk about Europe. Stocks, valuations, let's get to it. Roll the intro, Aaron. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, folks, my intro says it all here. We're, we're just trading in the red. The only thing that's up uh, substantially is the buck, and that's not good. We'll discuss that with Sean. S&P Futures, uh, Little rally, just 10 points over the close, and then just too much news going on. We're down 47 in handles at 37.25. Man, the dollar is adding another dollar up 93 and a half cents at 112.04. TLT, new low of the move yesterday, continuing lower, down 71 cents, 104.56. You have crude now flirting with 80 bucks, down 296 at 80.53. Gold getting shellacked down 27 bucks, 16.54. Silver, that's clinging at $19. We did trade under it, down 58 cents in 1903. And uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin futures down $495 at 18,800. And Ethereum futures are down $39.50. Let's stop the screen share here, and uh, let's bring on Sean Udall, the tech stock strategist. 
Good morning, Benzinga. Boy, that was can, – can we do that a little bit better? No, I, I purposely d- did it in, in about as subdued a manner as I can because I think we need to take stock in just the subdued nature of the what, what the world is ebbing into. So I, I don't want to portray false enthusiasm. Okay. I like that. Okay. So I told you I was going to hit you with something at the top of the show. Uh-huh. And, and we do uh, have a lot to talk about, so I got yes, I got to save the, some yeah, energy. Yes, yes. Um so we uh you know seasonal patterns, right? We all know that uh, you know month of September um is you know historically a weak month. Uh but there's one other pattern and I'm going to write the the seasonal pattern and I'm going to I'm going to write about the article today. I I do it once a year. And um you know the Jewish holidays are coming up. Mm-hmm. On Monday, I won't be here on Monday. I need a break. And there, there's a, a popular adage that says, sell Rosh Hashanah and buy Yom Kippur. Well, this is the last trade you do it leading up to Rosh Hashanah. So all week, you're supposed to be selling the market. The reason you're supposed to be selling the market is you're coming up on the new year. And you're going to be with your family and you're coming up on the Day of Atonement and you're supposed to just focus on on your family, your religion, things that you did right, you did wrong. So you shouldn't worry about your investments, right? So it's sell Rosh Hashanah and then 10 days later, you come back and you buy Yom Kippur. Well, they're certainly selling Rosh Hashanah here. I just don't know if they're going to buy Yum Kipper. And, and is is today the start of it? And is and is it ten days from today? Last beyond? trading day. Today's the last trading day. So okay. uh, they call it Era Rosh Hashanah Sunday night, right? That's like when you you know you go to services the first night, and then Monday I won't be here. It's the you know the official first day, uh, and then so today today's the last trading day to sell. And, uh, of course you could do it, you know, you could do it the whole time, you know, going into it. So they, you know, coming off the quad, witch and that, that seasonal pattern is, uh, definitely, uh, definitely coming into play here. And, uh, there it is. Uh, so South Russia Shana is working good. I, I'll, I'll look at it from last year. I'll do an article a little bit, a sure. uh, little bit later on on it, but I just wanted you to, uh, be aware of that uh, seasonal pattern, and um, and then Yom Kippur is coming. Uh, it will be a week from Wednesday, so the next trading day of where okay. you're supposed to redeploy your assets. So I don't know how far the market could go down here uh, between now and uh, next Wednesday. Certainly, the June lows on target, but uh, I guess we got to talk about the biggest catalyst here. And I'm going to screen my share and uh, do the screen share here. And uh, no, what no one likes what's going on in Europe here. I mean, that's it. Uh, weak data. Uh, they plan tax cuts. I mean, let's just talk about how the dollar is affecting this, and Europe's in shambles, and looks like we're following them that way. Yeah, and you know, uh, this is something you know we we quit doing our Friday show. That's that's mostly due to me because uh, that six to six thirty time was very tough. It right in front of the open. Um, maybe we engage, re-engage that at some other time slot. But, you know, we did that many, many weeks in a row during a lot of this correction. And one of the things I talked about, I mean, uh, Gene Munster and I were on six months ago. I think you're going to have him on this morning. 
But it, one of the things I talked about was, you know, the Fed, if the Fed hikes too much, which I was against the Fed hiking 1225s, which we're way above 1225s now, I think. Um, but you basically are morphing into, you know, some kind of a crisis, right? So everybody wants to remember 08. I can't really remember, you might, I can't really remember the last time we had a currency crisis. It I, I honestly might have been, it might have been in 1998. Um, I'm sure you remember when Greenspan uh, cut rates in 98, in, in the middle of a, a really strong bull market. We were having a hell of a correction at the time. But but I, I really can't remember the last true kind of currency crisis. But but what we have is a very strong dollar that doesn't seem to want to stop going up. You have other central banks around the world, world sort of panicking and raising rates to fight inflation that's probably already dropped way more than they think it has. We could talk about that later. But the the whole point is, you know, everybody's been saying this. I was hoping we would avoid it, but, you know, the Fed hikes until they break something. Right. So uh, and, and I was I was talking about that. I thought we were in a recession months ago. Uh, the first two the first two quarters of the year, we had negative GDP. The traditional definition of a def, uh, of a of a of a recession is two negative quarters of GDP. Nobody wants to say the first half of the year was a, a recession. <laughs> they keep waiting for one to show up. And guess what? We're in one. So so if, if, if you wrap it all up in a 30 second package, you have strong dollar. The Fed's already overshot. I keep waiting for somebody of note uh, like Kramer was in 2007 to basically kind of have a, a they know nothing moment. Right. Um, in fact, I was talking about that on my feed this week that, hey, what, isn't it strange that nobody's basically been critical of the Fed? There's, by the way, Joel, there's one person who's, ne who's never been a real champion of business historically. Uh, maybe she has been behind the scenes, but, but you know, in, in the political world, I don't think she's known as a real champion of business and economic growth and things like that. But Elizabeth Warren is, is, the, is a person who I 100% think she's on the right side of this of this particular view that Powell's really making a huge mistake. So I, I, can you recall anybody besides her that has been uh, publicly critical of Powell? Uh, that's that's about the only person. Dave, David Kelly is a really good economist. He's been somewhat critical and he's definitely of my view that, you know, the Fed's already hiked too much. They should already be slowing down the hikes, if not even already pausing. Um, I don't, I don't think he even advocated more than 175 basis point hike. So anyway, wrapping it all up in, in the shortest way possible, you, you basically have a currency kind of blowout happening. Um, the UK, that's a currency issue, right? And so what we were, what we were talking about before we went live is in, in effect, the strong dollar is making inflation even worse for people who have to settle in dollar that are in a different currency, right? So, so let's say you're in the UK, you're a company or you're a business or whatever, and you're buying stuff and you, you got to translate to the dollar. Well, if the dollar's up 20% versus your currency, well, guess what? You got to pay 20% more on top of the inflation you're already seeing. 
So I, I really don't. It's like, does the Fed think about these things? Sometimes you get, you get, you know, for, what's the expression? You got 400, 400 PhDs at the Fed. And yet all they seem to do is kind of drive the vehicle in a rear view mirror. But th there was some the, the last thing I'll say on just this macro thing uh, is that somebody said it really well on, on CNBC. Again, it's something you and I said. I, I said it at least three or four times that the Fed keeps saying they're data dependent. Well, they seem to ignore all current data except one thing, which is CPI, which is a very lagging index. We always, we always knew it was lagging a lot, but now I think we know it, it lags about three months. Might even, might even, some of the inputs might even lag more than that. And people say, oh, the, hey, if you, the, the way to check this is check used car prices and go back to the first time that used car prices dropped in the CPI report, used car prices have been dropping for multiple months this year, but it, it took, there, there was one CPI report where I think everybody thought, okay, this one's going to ease a little bit. I, I want to say it was April's by the way. And, and used car prices has had dropped for like two months in a row. And yet in that CPI report, used car prices were higher again. So it didn't, it used car prices didn't show as lower until the next month. And so that literally was three months after the first month that used car prices dropped. So CPI is very lagging. The jobs data is very lagging. We could talk about jobs too. I have a, diff a totally different view on jobs, but that's a different subject. So anyway, the Fed is basically sort of jamming rates down our throat and basically ignoring current data, which really points to a very, very rapid slowdown. And I'm, I haven't even mentioned how bad stocks are. Stocks are the leading indicator of economic activity and stocks have been dropping since November. So, uh, but, but as you can look at any, I mean, when, when's the last time we had a positive uh, regional PMI report, you know, the empire index. Right. And the, yep. 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 You know, they all, they're all the PMIs, they all have names, but they're, they're basically each of the regional PMIs from each fed region. I mean, and these things have been crazy low. They they're seeing negative numbers that we haven't seen since 2008, nine. So, it, well, like, there's a couple you, things here. I mean, yeah, yeah. With, uh, with, I mean, you just got to I mean, the, the transitory thing. Right. I, I, I still think that uh, really, you know, what what is really coming to a culmination now um, is, you know, it's still the, the shock of uh, the aftershock of the pandemic. I mean, those are those are things that aren't easily figured in economic models. Right. And, no, well, um, they they were never modeled before. They were right? never modeled. Correct. So. You know, I mean, it's, I wouldn't want to be in, uh, I wouldn't be in his shoes, uh, but just go to the, the, the employment situation. Um, sure. You know, to me, I mean, I still see help wanted. I still see people, uh, you know, in my, in my wife's office, they can't find people to work. So I, I just think, man, oh man, I mean, that's, that's, I guess that's going to be the last, uh, last shoe to drop, but. Unemployment is moving up a little bit, but I just I can't be hiding my under my desk fearing a recession when you have this kind of low low unemployment. Yeah, well, I I don't know if you should fear a recession. I I would say the markets are overreacting to the fear of a recession as one one of one of about three or four fears that it's it's they're reacting to. But I, I mean, here here's here's my view on jobs. If you if you uh, you, you can talk about help want signs this. And, but the, I think the jobs numbers, and I have several people that have done some pretty deep digging on this. For, first of all, 
every time a new jobs report comes out, it's pretty hot. Nobody tends to look at the revisions. All the re all the revisions for months are all revised. I haven't seen one revision higher. They're all revised lower. <laughs> so you go, the, the you know, like last the, the, in fact, that what started this current sell off was actually wasn't wasn't the uh, it, it was basically the jobs number. And then a week later, we had that hot CPI number. So and I'm, I'm not talking this is like this is like a micro the last like we had a little burst higher, you know, a week or two ago like three day, a three day move. Uh, and then, then we had, it was either the jobs number or the CPI, but the jobs number was the thing that really kind of spooked people. But again, the prior two months were revised lower, but I, I think the reason that so many, the jobs numbers aren't equal, how, how many times have we seen layoff announcements? And we've, we've seen a lot of that. I know. Dude, I know. dude, we've seen a ton. I mean, there's actually you could you could Google search some I don't I don't have the link in front of me but there's some layoff trackers there's massive numbers of layoffs so so I think what's happening is there's lots of people so if how the jobs numbers are I'm pretty sure somebody could double check this if you have somebody that already has a job and goes out and gets another job that counts as a new job so you have a lot of people working part time more than one job um and, and or, or and you and you might even have people that have a, a a partial home-based business working a part-time job. But I think that's the issue. You have lots of people going out and getting low, low paying jobs or part-time jobs. Uh, I think, I think adding a part-time job is basically the equivalent of somebody losing a white collar job because they got laid off. Different so, ways to measure it. Yeah. Diff, definitely yes. different ways to measure it. So, um, so, all right. Let's, um, yeah. let's, let's, let's kind of put this on pause for a second. Cause we can sure. go back and forth. I mean, eh, I don't want to spend it, too much time talking about it, jobs numbers. Yeah, no. Uh, but, uh, we customary, uh, to go through, uh, some of the news and some of the earnings and some of the movers. And, uh, I'm just going to, uh, just do two right here. We had after the close, we had Costco, and uh, boy, I was looking at the numbers. Uh, their 420 beat their 416 uh, sales. Uh, 72.09 billion beat the 72.06 billion. Uh, I'm just seeing some other good things here. This was just a blowout quarter. I think this is the most. I was looking at historical numbers. I mean, this is like a, this EPS is a, almost like a buck better than any EPS it's had. And I think that this. Uh, um, the, uh, the, the revenues and the sales was maybe the highest by like 20 billion. Uh, but man, you know, it's just a bad, you know, it's a bad day. It's a bad economic environment or just a bad day to report earnings. And, uh, you see what happened at Costco. Well, it's been selling off, um, since, uh, that CPI report just right along with everything else. So you see that they hit it yesterday. It started to come back. Uh, let's just look It's trading down 1219. Uh, it hit a pre-market low of uh, just under 470. So that pre-market low comes in at 469 even. So that's six bucks away. Uh, we can kind of keep an eye on that. Really not on anything on the monthlies. Uh, I see a next monthly low at uh, 443.20. I'm sure. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm sure. But that that's a long way to go. Um, now I know this really isn't a you know a you know a, a tech stock or anything, uh, but it is something that's uh, reflective of the consumer. 
And uh, I guess in my opinion, you know, the streak, you know, it doesn't get any better than this for Costco. So uh, what, what's your take on the uh, Costco wholesaler? Well, I mean, Costco is really, you know, truly one of the great American companies. And it's one of the, I don't know if it's a super disruptive company. Maybe it was back in the day. I mean, they're, you know, opening a box store is, is probably not considered disruptive. But if you think about to run it right and to do it really well and to do it better than everybody else means that you are deploying a lot of advanced stuff whether it's tech, whether it's logistics, whether it's agreements with your distributors, et cetera, et cetera. You know, getting stuff in the stores, having the right products that people want seasonally. You know, I could go on and on and on about the brilliance of how Costco runs their business. I, I've been a Costco member uh, most of my time, adult life. Yeah. I mean, you, you want to talk about the anti-inflation fighter, it's Costco. I mean, I, I mean, I, one thing I'll say, and a lot of people bitch about inflation and stuff like this, and I, and I, I hear it, but I, honest to God, and then, hey, I don't own any Costco stock. I, I, I wish I did. I did. I did. I did own it years ago. But I, I, hey, I'm buying stuff at Costco today, Joel, for the exact same price I paid for Costco stuff 15, 20 years ago. I'm not exaggerating. I'm, I'm not. So, what, what, and, and what's that? What, what, uh, ton, tons of stuff. And really? then, and then I, we, we could even talk about, uh, you know, just, just if you, if you look at, you know, every, the, the savings you get, right. They, they, they deliver. Hey, what, what was everybody doing? Uh, the one thing I hated doing is waiting in a Costco gas line to get gas here the last couple months. It's gas is now lower again. That didn't last very long, did it? Right. Remember, remember the panic over high gas prices? What well, lasted starting about to come down. Yep. Oh, it's, it's come. We're basically back to, I think gas prices are almost back to where they were pre Ukraine invasion. If, if they're not, if they're not there, they're within 15, 20 cents. But anyway, so, so as much as I hated waiting in the Costco gas line, and by the way, other gas stations around like all over the place are empty. But the Costco, you got to wait 15, 15 minutes to get gas or 10 minutes to get gas. And normally you don't have to wait more than 30 seconds. So it, I don't know, man. Like like Costco, Walmart, they're doing their part to fight inflation. The As far as the stock right here, right now, you just yeah, look at that, right. yep. that yep. weekly chart you have. The monthly's on the bottom right. Okay, the monthly yeah. is the one I'm the bottom yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it's it's a store of value. It's been a harbor from the storm. At some point, these stocks get sold. I mean, Costco has probably priced in uh, a, a lot of years of good news at this point. I mean, I, I remember when this was. This is one of the stocks you can. You know, I always talk about PEs and tech, and they don't really mix. Well, you can use PEs in lots of other spaces. You could use PE for, you know, Costco used to trade at a really low PE. Yeah. Now it's probably, a, I could look it up, but I, I'm, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess their PE is like 30, 35-ish or something like that. So, you know, hey, I, I, you can't fault the company, but but everybody keeps buying Costco stock because it's a winner and people love to go to the winners, you know, I'm not going to criticize the company. This, this is not a stock I would buy right now. I, I think okay. Walmart's a better a better buy than than okay. Costco. Okay, take a quick look at the Walmart chart here. And that's um, not exactly been a poor performer either. But but there there's at least more value there 
Okay. Costco, Walmart is picking up customers. You know, they've talked about that. The you know tr the trading down. You know, wealthier people are now going to to Walmart. Middle income people are now going to Walmart. Things like that. So. But, but anyway, I, I, I mean, I, we'll I would move much on. Rather... We'll move on. Yeah. We'll move yeah, yeah. on from that. We'll go to FedEx and uh, the bellwether for the economy. If you think about like all the warnings, I think that this really had a, uh, this did, did this really, this really hurt people. It hurt, uh, it hurt the Amazon. It just, you know, you, you try, if you tried to take the optimistic point of view, well, it was just because, you know, people are going to stores more and not buying online and they don't, they don't need to give it. They don't need it delivered. Uh, but uh, let's see. They uh, they came out here with their numbers. And let me go to my FedEx. Let me go to my calendar here. From While you're looking, there, I mean, there shouldn't be much surprise since they did, you know, the big pre Yeah, lower. exactly. Yeah, yeah they, they did. Um, they came out. They beat the lower number. They were came in at uh, 344. And. It was at 335. Uh, they did have a substantial revenue miss here, sales miss. Uh, the street was looking for 24.01 billion on the revision. It came in at uh, 23,242. I mean, the stock had already been hit. It's getting hit again. Not often do you see a gap um, on a monthly chart uh, being filled. But that's where it's at, and it's just sitting there, and it's not bouncing. So I think there's probably, you know, someone on the desk has uh, some more to go. Uh, your next monthly low comes in at one twenty-seven twenty-nine. I don't think it's going to drop another twenty-three bucks today. Uh, but you know, is this something that uh, you know after the considerable haircut that it's taken? Is it? Anything that's uh, coming close to any of uh, of your you know your models? I know once again this isn't a tech stock, uh, but um, any anything positive to say about FedEx? I mean, I think if somebody were to buy it here, you know, once once you get back to a market that's not down four out of every five days, this you'll you'll definitely make money from this price in this stock. I I think that the the problem for a FedEx right now there's two. One, we'll we'll find out how much. How much is all macro for FedEx versus the fact that UPS just does look like a better outfit? And I think, again, you, as, as we could talk about Costco versus almost all other retailers, they've been they've sort of feasted by taking market share from everybody else. I, I don't think FedEx has grown market share for a long time. I, you know, DHL, UPS, UPS is the big name, but. There, there's even private companies that, that are doing logistics now. I think here's the other thing I think people forget about. I, I think at one point FedEx did a massive amount of shipping for Amazon. I'm sure they still do. But Amazon has basically built a logistics company. So instead of outsourcing lots of stuff, they now have their own logistics. Now, they still use FedEx and UPS, but I'm pretty sure they have their own fleet of planes now. I'm sure it's growing. We we see Amazon trucks everywhere, right? So they self-deliver a lot of their own products. Again, not all, but but a lot. So I, I think the one thing that is you can't really sit like if Amazon has ha had a separate tracking stock for its logistics business, boy, you would see a massive amount of market share that they've gained or basically they've taken back from people that they used to use. So that's a one thing that's hard for, I think, a lot of people 
that don't understand the stuff very deeply. But the combination of a probably a better run UPS and Amazon doing a lot of their in-house has basically, you know, eroded FedEx, FedEx's market share. But I, th I think when we see the UPS, so the tough part about this market is nobody really wants to look. So let, let's say that UPS is, you know, 50% just other people doing better than them and 50% macro in this market you don't have another report to compare it to for weeks. And in a negative market, if, if there's an excuse to hit a stock like FedEx, they're going to hit it. Exactly. So I, I would, I would suspect, you know, that, that other stuff is going to work better than them. Um, you know, here, here, just, here's just a real simple issue that the, I believe the new C I can't remember what month they actually gave a pretty rosy forecast. I, I'm not sure if that's the right word. I don't know if, if it was a plan, but I think it was. I, I, I think they might have even raised numbers like as little as like uh, it might have been June. But honestly, it might have been just six weeks ago. Again, I don't follow FedEx closely, but I know okay. enough to know the general story. They did basically raise numbers or give a good a good outlook. Just weeks ago, if it wasn't weeks ago, it was June really? at was the very it? latest. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. I remember that. And, and so well, we could look at the chart on them. Whenever the stock had, a, had run, a pop, yeah, it did. Had a pop. Yeah. And so, it's a, I mean, in, you, in, in a bear market, man, when, when you say positive things and then the next quarter you guide mm -hmm. lower, boom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, uh, you, 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 yeah, there's just no – even if you should only be down 12%, you're going to be down 25%. It's just, there's no, that, and no that, that is the it. danger. If you see business conditions sort of short-term good and you give a good, uh, a good forecast and then the next quarter you have to lower numbers, that that's, that's a one thing that's you don't want to do. Yeah. Yes. Yep. yep. But by the uh, way, we, we can talk about this later. I'm I'll, I'll queue up a subject for you to, off later okay let me yeah let me uh well, well me, i was just gonna say like what look is it? for let, let's talk about companies that have already lowered the bar so anyway that's all i was gonna say okay i well, would rather see companies lower the bar right ahead uh, yeah. of time versus have to fess yeah. up later anyway that's all i was gonna say we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed if you need to hire you need indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. That's good. That's um. I just uh, I just wanted to get to one other news item, and then we can go to that, Sean. I know you're uh, you're going to share your charts. Uh, for you uh, folks that are just tuning in, uh, Triple D uh, still under the weather here, uh, so he is not in. So I brought uh, my guest host, uh, Sean Udall, who has a uh, unique uh, fundamental uh, approach to the markets and uh, also very technical. So I'm bringing Sean on today to. Uh, to help me out on this, uh, which is not a good Friday. S&Ps are 10. The only thing I can say in the positive is we're off the low of the session. Low of the session is 37.16.75 and just a little dead cat uh, bounce above that. Uh, one other new, one other stock uh, with news uh, is been Boeing. And uh, Boeing is going to pay a $200 million fine to settle SEC charges on misleading about 737 max safety uh, this stock has just never really been able to get out of that. I mean, it did have a rally uh, when it got into its, uh, double digits, uh, selling off, you know, high beta with the market. They're hitting this thing. Let's see, down 271, 63,000 shares of, or 60,000 shares have traded. Um, I'm looking, looking to the left here and I see the, the July lows at 135. That's an easy shot. Uh, but I think that, you know, what we do, what we have to think about for not only, you know, uh, the, the index and the individual stocks is, you know, the, the June lows. I mean, and uh, I've been saying for a long time, people are like, oh, go down and test the June low and then test it and, and go back up. I don't want to go. I don't want to go back down there. And uh, we are actually we're getting closer and closer. I think just want to look basis to front month contract here um, in the S&P. We are now uh, trading the December contract, uh, but basis the front month contract. What was that June low? Huh. It's getting close. Thirty six fifty five. Uh, 0.75. So uh, let's switch subjects here, Sean. And, um, you know, you can, uh, you can, uh, uh, I'm going to stop on my screen share here. And you said, okay, let's talk about some companies that are not raising the bar, but they're lowering the bar. And then is it, you know, it's easier to, to high jump over, you know, a lower bar than a higher bar. So you, uh, I'm giving the controls over here. I stopped my screen share. Uh, well, let's run through a couple of these stocks and uh, hear what your your scenarios and possible entry points are. Sure. Okay. Can you see what I'm looking at right now? Uh, yes. Woo! It looks like a spirograph. Okay. So you got you got you got Roblox here. Okay. okay. So so this is a good example. So I, I just ha I have a couple simple trend lines here. Oh, the spider. So so by the way, this is a <clears throat> an interesting. <clears throat> excuse me, interesting little technique. So I just have um, uh, EMA bands here. So you can just do a li literally just go 10 to hundred on this, uh -huh. but it's, 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 I like it because see right here where, where you get, you know, where you get the flip. If I even call it the last, probably the last good exit, 
So when all your EMAs start rolling over and the stock goes below the 100 EMA, mm-hmm. look, look at how high roll. I mean, you st- still could have got out of that stock at about 100 bucks. Now it was quite a bit higher, but 100 is a lot better than, than tw- 20 or 25 at the low. Now, we, we can talk about some index levels too, because I, 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 I was in the camp that I thought we would hold the May, June, July, you know, the, whatever the respective index lows were. I, I, I sort of thought, I, I wasn't going to say I was 100% confident that they were going to hold, but I was sort of 75, 25. <clears throat> but if, we, if you look at Roblox, what I, what I like, they had a double confessional um, and they lowered once. That got the stock probably down about 40. They lowered again, and that was into the teeth of the bear market. That got the stock down into the low 20s. I do own this stock. I, I bought it off of uh, the June lows, basically. Um, and I was sort of saying, uh, if, if you wanted to stop, you, you had the May lows. But this stock has held a lot of value. It's probably going to leak a little more. But... I, you know, I would do a simple fib retracement on it, which I ha- didn't draw. I drew this ahead of time. Um, but that's what I, that's what I'm doing right now. And, yeah, uh, it, it might be pretty close to it. Yeah, right now. I'm looking. I mean, I don't have the exact numbers here. Let me see what was the. Uh, I I love my fifty percent. It's actually it's actually below it uh, because it, it probably is below. Yeah. Yeah. But by had, the way, you, do you ever do the fifty of the fifty? So so basically, it's seventy five. But it, a lot of times what I do is I do the 50 of the 50. So you do 50 off the low, low to the recent high. And then you can do a fit uh, that, you know, once you're at that halfway point, you basically say like, what's another 50 to the low. And if a stock in what the key is, if a stock does hold the prior low, that usually is a very high probability jumping off point. So I, I'm going to eyeball it and just say it's about 28 to 30 bucks um, is that area. So here, here's the thing about Roblox. So, so I always look at technicals, but I always, I always have an underlying fundamental thesis. I actually think Roblox has, a, has better odds than most companies now of starting to report better. So they had the double confessional. Uh, they basically <laughs> lowered numbers twice. By the way, they might have lowered numbers three times. I know they've lowered numbers twice. Now, this may seem... Dip, now, I don't know if I would advocate this in a bull market, by the way, the strategy, but in a bear market, I think you want to find companies that have basically, especially that are high quality leadership companies uh, that, that have lower numbers because they've recognized you, you should value companies who've recognized a situation earlier than other people because they're managing their business better. They're ahead of the curve, right? So, but the most interesting thing about Roblox is I, I think there's fairly good odds that their numbers actually start improving again. And, you know, they did have a lot of pull forward of their business. Now, all those tough comps are out of the way now. So, so now you have, they're, they're, they're comping against low numbers. They've already con- done the double confessional and they've lowered the bar. I think the odds of them beating numbers are, are fairly good. And, and they, just, they just have a great business anyway. The, the other number, uh, if you want, I can I can pull up Unity. Unity uh, was very was very early in. Uh, I, I, I can we can talk about Twilio here in a sec. So Unity also uh, now th- this one is it's leaked a lot more, but I I I would have no problem buying Unity 
at or around its prior low. I, I think that prior low is basically a ridiculous low. I like their merger that they bought. They bought, in fact, they bought a DSPAT company called Iron Source. And I think they bought it for a really good price. They, they, they're going to end up paying about uh, 35 to 40% of the $10 SPAC price. That's a pretty good buy. So I think the combination of that M&A they're doing, um, th this, this one has leaked. Uh, this was a very nice trade for me. Actually, I caught this off of a couple different times, but the best trade was off the Melos. I don't have it anymore. Um, but I am, I am looking at this. I, I think this is one of the sort of the top names in its group. And then the, another, not that we need more themes, but another theme I am actively seeking and both these companies fit it. These are basically of the IPO class of like 20 and 21. Uh -huh. And we had some tremendously great companies IPO, but what happened? They IPO would into a, a overly hot market and the stocks, the stocks were priced too high. And then they went up, they probably doubled or more, right? I mean, in fact, there's, I, I don't know that around, th this might go back to close to the Unity IPO, um, the initial price. But the bottom line is you have, you know, stock was 210. <clears throat> I don't know how much overvalued. I, I, I have fair value on the stock about 70 bucks. 70 and, bucks. And, and, wow. Yeah, 70 bucks. And in a good market, you'll have stocks trade well above fair value. And obviously in a bear market or a crash market, you have stocks don't even trade anywhere close to fair value. But I, I think this company has a lot of value. There was even a company called AppLovin, another stock I like. But AppLovin put in a, 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 a wing and a prayer M&A deal because I think they knew, hey, if we could somehow buy Unity, it's a home run. Well, the, deal's not, the deal didn't go through. It was almost a little bit of a laughable M&A proposal, to be honest. I but remember hey, that. I remember they, they, that. They, Gave it a go. They gave they they recognized the value and and man alive. If you want to talk about a combined entity that would be a a, a future Costco in in this respective space, it, it it would be a very very dom the combination of app and Unity would be crazy dominant. It, neither of those companies though need to merge with with the other one. I think they're probably better off on their own. But anyway, th this one Unity has lowered numbers at least at least once and I think twice as well. So th those are at least two ideas of things I think are actually just really good values. Uh, you got a tremendous amount of growth. And guess what? No, they're not making money. And, 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 but what are we seeing now, Joel? Remember when it was, oh, the companies are making money. They're not going down. Well, Meta sure gone down a lot. I still have a hard time calling it Meta. You know, my, Microsoft has held better. But it, 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 the bottom line is profitable tech just ended up dropping after other stuff, right? So the whole thing about, oh, profitable tech's not going to drop. Well, that, that, that only lasted for about a quarter. And then the bear market has taken those stocks down too. Um, and and I don't... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, let's. Uh, I just want to see that this on on this theme we did. Uh, we did Unity and Roblox. Do you have one more that? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I was actually going to mention Netflix. So, and and interestingly, what we're Netflix has already seen what I call the analyst turn. So analysts are uh, you know got super super basically bared up after. Guess what? Netflix double confessionaled. Um, so you can, you can see it very clearly here, uh, lowered numbers or missed numbers did it again. 
And, you know, I, I didn't buy any, but I did advise, I did, I did say Netflix was a really good buy for two or three months, basically when it was kind of around those low levels, you know, I, I basically said, I, I thought anything under 190 was very good value for it. And yeah, it bit, hasn't yeah. gone up a whole lot, but analysts are actually already warming to it. They did. They, they've turned a yep. little bit yep, yep. In, the, in the last week. And uh, we had uh, Michael Pachter from Wedbush Securities on um, at the close yesterday. And he was bearish the stock for a long time. It got buried on it. Um, it, uh, it turned around. And, uh, but by the uh, way, is Pachter now bullish? I, I yes, he is. Okay. Yes. So, so, but he... I remember he, you know, he stayed bearish on it from about 25 to whatever, right? Yeah. No, yeah. no exaggeration. I mean, for years. Um, now, I, I would, I agreed with him the last two or three years, right? I, I, this was, this was never one of my favorites, to be honest, too, because the whole time Netflix was going up, you could have ridden Facebook or Apple or Google, and there were other names. I, I'll freely admit that I like better than Netflix, but no, after after the two misses. And, and I, I do think, you know, again, I always like to think about fundamentals. I actually think the ad model that they're going to bring out, I think it's, I think there's, I can't believe people aren't putting much higher numbers in for what the potential for the ad model business yeah. is. Because yeah, they're, they're um, I forget what the, uh, there is a fancy term. Uh, we also also had another Wedbush analyst on, on Wednesday show. And um, I can't believe maybe the chat can help me. Actually, the chat kind of uh, understood, but it was like the like CPMs or something. Along yes, those. it's 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 the it's basically the cost cost per user, cost per per yeah. head, or I it's but but it's basically what they can charge, right? Per yeah. per metric ad unit, I think is the technical mumbo jumbo on that, and and their ad rates, so. So there, there's two theories, though. We, we haven't really seen what, like, here's what I think would be the home run for them, <clears throat> that they actually do a near-free subscription that's, that's ad-based. So they actually, I don't, what, what everybody seems to think they're going to do is just have expensive targeted ads with a slightly cheaper subscription. And they may, they may do that. So, you know, so you don't get flooded with ads, but maybe you only have to watch two or three ads for a 30-minute show or something like that. Yeah, it's very – it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a small amount. But, but think about the audience they could get if they said, okay, here, here's free Netflix, but you're going to watch quite a few ads to watch a show, but you don't have to pay anything. Think about the ad revenue they could get on something like that. So I, I almost think they could actually have two ad tiers. They could have basically a free or close to free. And then they could have, uh, let's call it the premium ad tier where you have limited ads. You still have to pay a subscription. So far, that's the only piece I've heard about. E either way, I mean, th this is a multi-billion dollar revenue stream that I don't think is getting any credit at all in the stock price, personally. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Let's, um, let, uh, let's go to some of the big cap tech here. And, uh, and of course we got, we got, uh, Gene Munster coming on, uh, at, uh, at the top of the hour here to give his view uh, on some of these things. But, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, Sean, you, you know, you talk about a stock and you throw out a number and you say, wow, if this, this is what I'm, I'm waiting for this to come down to. And, yeah. Uh, let's hit a bunch. Let's hit a bunch of these. And, and, and I'm like, I don't know if it's going that low. And, uh, I can't remember. Uh, what you gave me on Meta, 
Uh, but uh, here we are, uh, almost back to the COVID low, 137.10. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, we can keep your charts up if you want, or I can show uh, mine. Either way, you can do, these are just simple. If you want to just do simple ones, you can, you can just throw them up one at a time if you want. I, I, I have most of these in that chart list. You, you tell me what you want to do. Well, we can. I mean, people look at my charts a lot, so we can look at yours. But uh, let, let's, let's just talk about meta here. Uh, getting uh, very close to that uh, the COVID low at uh, one thirty seven ten, traded down a buck seventy this morning. Uh, boy, once so here I'm, I'm pulling I'm pulling up the weekly. Okay, can you see it? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so so here here's this is it's so funny you brought this up. So here's another thing I'm looking at. I'm not just looking at the COVID low. I'm looking at the late 2018 low, which was also a fed, a completely Fed driven, like just a dumb Fed driven bear market but that was a real it was only a three-month bear right but it was it was pretty punishing at the time um but I, I, this is another thing i'm looking for N- not only like what stocks not only are at or below the covid lows but are they challenging that that 2018 that late 2018 low now people can say whatever they want about Meta. Okay, I could talk fundamentals all day long. This was one of my top holdings back as early as 2013, and I know this company very, very well. I don't believe for a second that they're spending too much money on the metaverse investment. Really? I don't believe. No, I don't. I don't believe for a second that it's a broken company now. I don't believe like, so like all these narratives now, was it a stock that had likely gotten ahead of itself? I mean, there was a reason I, w- I, I had gotten out of this. I, I thought it was too expensive at, at 225 to 250. Okay. And it, it hit almost 225 in, in, in mid 2018. So, so I thought the stock had, had kind of gotten overpriced back all the way as early as that point. So, so the bottom line is, Hey, you want to put a PE? Go ahead and put a PE on it. But I think the thing, the best way I would measure meta is on cash flow generation. And it's the same basic. I think meta today is a very similar thesis to Apple in 2013. This is, I have no trouble saying that this is, this is one of the best large cap mega cap companies, period, not just tech. I, I would rank, like, I would much rather buy meta than Costco. I would much rather buy Meta than I don't know. Get, get, give me any large cap non. I'd met, run much rather buy Meta than any oil stock, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This uh-huh. this, this ranks this ranks very high in my view. Ha, it, again, is it going to work this quarter? Don't know. Did, like if you're going if you're buying something now, you better be prepared to hold it till March of next year minimum. So you know, unless unless you have a technical trade, right? You you can trade, you can short term trade whatever you want, but. I mean, th- th- this is one of these kind of opportunities. You know, you go back and you look. I, hey, I remember in 2016, Square was a $15 stock. And th- two years later, I was kicking myself for having sold it <laughs> for, a, I think, about an 80% gain uh, at around 18 to 22. Yep. And you, you, we all know where Square went, right? So, <laughs> but so, so this went so. I mean, Google's very attractive. I think Meta's a better buy. I think Meta's a better buy than Facebook. So again, they also were early. That they were early. They they lowered numbers before other people. They talked about macro weakness before other people. 
they recognized what was happening before. Again, I, I'd rather have a company that's on top of the ball and know, knows what's going on than companies that figure it out six months after everybody else. Right. So it, it, I, I, short term, we, we don't whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But this is a hell of a good company generating a lot of cash. And, you know, people think they've kind of over they may have over monetized core Facebook, but they have assets that in the, you know, the WhatsApp. asset. Yeah, exactly. I, I you correct me if I if I'm wrong, but I don't think they've yet to have have a single ad on WhatsApp. So I don't think they've monetized WhatsApp at all. Um, you mentioned, so, but, but no, you mentioned oh, Google. Yeah, I sure. Mean, go that, ahead. that Google's already taken out its June low. Uh, yeah, let's let's here. I'll put I'll put Google on the weekly. Oh, here, here's the issue though. Well, do you want to buy a stock still two x above the COVID and the 2018 low? Yeah. Which, which again, you, you you know, if your opinion that Google is just vastly superior to Meta, then that's your opinion, and you're not you're not going to be looking at Meta in the first place, right? But if you if you're somebody who's looking at Meta, I would I would at least just say this: compare, do the do your own work and compare Meta to Google and see which company you like better. Pretty pretty easy decision for me. All right, let's uh, let's go on to uh, yeah. I'm just looking at this one. You're right; it's still quite a bit above the COVID low, under uh, under a hundred bucks. Uh, the split really didn't do much for it. What I noticed on this one uh, was, you know, when the market, you know, the overall the S and P. I mean, this is a top component uh, overall. You know, the market, you know, had that one fifty percent rally, um, and then and then some. And then Google just absolutely refused to even go anywhere near uh, a 50%. So, yeah. I I think Google's a pretty easy. So here's what I'd say about Google. If the market just keeps descending and we go to S&P 3200 or 3K, what kind of the these max numbers that the bears are saying, Google will hold more value than other stuff. It will go down less, right? It's it'll be like Costco. But if but when when the turn comes, I think Google will will advance a lot less than uh, lots of other stuff. So I think it's it's kind of a beta trade. I think you'd agree. All right, what uh, uh, we got a quick. I see that uh, I got the screen back here. So let me share a chart. Uh, someone asked if uh, you still like R E L Y. I I do. It's fun. It's funny. I don't get too many mentions on that. Um, Again, this, this would be one of those, uh, I, I do have a pretty good list of stocks that IPO'd in 2020 or 2021. This was in, the, it, this is definitely a stock in that IPO class. Uh, it's actually just been really flat. So same thing though, it, it, it probably put in a low a lot earlier than lots of other stocks. It's, it's basically held a low. Um, are you pulling it up? Do you want, or, yeah, yeah, no, it, I am. Hey, Joel, yeah, you got to share your screen again. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm just uh, just got all these windows open. Yeah, th- this one doesn't have a long history, so we don't, you know, we can use a relatively short, uh, short, short chart. Okay. Uh, I, I believe the IPO was uh, might have been it might have been as early as like uh, September, October. This this might only be about a one year old company, to be honest. Um, but no, yeah. so I, IPO, very nice business. It, it's a just this is the disruptor versus the old guard of like Western Union. So um, it, it, it's it's an interesting company. 
uh, it's it just metrics are good. It, again, people, people that like growth and, and just want really undervalued assets that have really like, I, I don't even like the IPO was high, but I, I thought this stock was already reasonable at about, I, I want to say that I started, I started digging into it probably 17 to 20. And yeah, I, I didn't think it was expensive at 20 bucks. That is relatively cheap on most growth metrics and, and it's got cut in half again. So, I mean, dude, you, you have, there's hundreds of these right now. There's literally hundreds of stocks that are, you know, great growers that are just a decimation there. I mean, we've had a true crash. This is a, this is not a minor correction. I don't, I, it seems like the media wants to kind of pretend I mean, we, even the S&P was down almost 30%. The NASDAQ at one point, we're getting close. We're getting close. NASDAQ was down, I think, 35. The IWO, the IWM were down 40 to 45%. These are crashes. And But underneath the surface, this is this thing where so many stocks are down far more than the indices. But no, Reli, Reli is one of 50 to 100 great little growth gems that are out there. The the trouble for a realized short term is probably the competition for investment dollar. So what, what, what I mean by that is how many people are going to buy a Twilio or an Okta or a DraftKings or, or just things that are better or Netflix or Meta. So the, the, you know, you, you need a true, you need a true risk on kind of recovery for stocks like Reli to probably pick up steam. The uh, the the monthly looks, I mean, a little bit better than some of these other charts. It made that, well, it's uh, it's it's basing now, right? Yeah, it, it's yep. it start. It actually hit its low earlier than most other stocks, and it's kind of been basing ever since. So I, I'm I'm looking at my own just my own daily chart. I mean, they're they're not much lower now. Uh, in fact, you know, it's interesting. A lot lot of mid cap, small cap, mid cap tech is not really going to lower lows now. Whereas the mega caps are going to lower lows, which is something, again, we might've talked about that as, you know, March, April, if I remember, but, but this hasn't gone much below the March lows. It did go a little lower. It went lower bounce, went lower bounce, but basically it's, it's kind of held the March lows. And it's, I tell you what, it's hard to find a tech stock that held March lows. It really is. So, so I would, I, again, I don't know if you, you want to buy these things all at once, but. I would definitely make a list that like you, 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 people can do a screen, make a list, make a list of, of the IPO class of 2021, make a list of stocks that basically, you know, bottomed earlier in February, March, and largely have held those lows. Cause those stocks that they hold that base, what, when they do move, you know, the old, the, Hey, the longer the base, the greater the space. When, yeah, when, that's what when they say. Things, yeah. When these things do catch wind, and it'll pro- probably be about a quarter or so after the mega caps start healing, but you, you're going to see some some huge huge moves um, out of again. It's not just going to be ten. It, the, the hardest part's going to be you know differentiating between these. Um, but yeah, no, this is an interesting name, good name, very good company, very disrupt. You know, they're they're just taking market share. Uh, you know, and there's lots of market share to take. It's a, another stock we could mention kind of like this is like a Sentinel one. So yeah. You've mentioned symbol. that one before. Uh, yeah. That's the ticker symbol S, right? S. Yeah. Bad day and, yesterday. Yeah. So bad day, but you know, there again, pro- probably set lows earlier than most others. Um, you know, they, they have actually kept reporting surprise. I, I'd actually probably prefer it if 
they had lowered some, but they don't have any numbers to lower. So what, what S is doing is sort of feasting on all the, like the, the Norton's and the McAfee's. And, and I, I've even heard that they're taking share from as, as good a companies, probably not a lot of share, but I've heard that they're actually taking some share from CrowdStrike and stuff like that. So, but, but yeah, look, I mean, this is more of a grinder. I actually like charts like this. So got, got lows, May lows, held the May lows. June low was so far successful retest, but this thing also did, it didn't do one of these 20 to 45 in two weeks and give it all back. Right. So this is acting sort of rational. It's grinding. Honestly, it looks like this is under some, uh, some amount of accumulation, like I wouldn't be surprised if funds were buying this stock, you know, selling other things and buying this um, on a net on a net basis. Clearly, it's held better than lots of other stuff. So th this would be uh, I, I would say this is probably maybe a, a better version of Relay, to be honest. But it's a different space. I do like security. So this is a security name. You like that one? OK, let's go. Uh, let's go to some of the uh, cybersecurity stocks here uh, that. Uh, um... We've had some moves. Uh, is there any uh, particular favorites that you have in the uh, in the cybersecurity space? I'm looking at Palo Alto. Um, had its uh, had its split and it's come down a little bit. And the, I know you got Zscaler in here. You got CrowdStrike, uh, which had the big gap up. Any ones you like in the uh, in the cybersecurity space? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I probably like the more like this is an area I think you you can. The, the stocks are, they do have some institutional support, even in the, some of the mid mid cap ones. Uh, I, I, I like CrowdStrike a lot. I thought about buying it, that it just, it didn't stay low for more than about 15 minutes on any one low day. Okay. Uh, I, 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 Palo Alto is probably the one that's like the most loved. That, that's probably the one that I'm probably the least interested in. So I, if I had a mini, like if I had my own, my own little mini ETF basket, It'd be like Okta, S, Veronis, VRNS. Uh, CrowdStrike would be in it because that that is a top name. I don't I don't love where it's trading, but all right, all right, Sean, I, I got to interrupt you here for a second. Yeah, uh, yeah. Aaron, uh, you got uh, you got Gene on the background. Uh, we're gonna bring him in uh, audio only. We have uh, Gene Munster, the managing partner at Loop Ventures. Uh, been following tech stocks for a long time and uh gene uh, can you hear me i got you loud and clear joel hey all right well uh i've been thinking about you gene because uh the last time we were on uh a month or two ago uh the market the market had a had a nice rally and uh you were still under invested and uh you you, you called this one uh, you said, I think there's, uh, you know, some declines coming here in September uh, for whatever reasons, inflation, um, earnings. Well, here we are. Uh, thanks to some earnings warnings from some big companies, uh, interest rate, rate uh, hikes by the Fed, but, which are kind of we're expecting. Uh, now we, we've come back down. Um you still, you kind of SOA sitting on hands or is this kind of the, the area or near the area where you're looking to, to come to deploy more assets? Uh, we're, we're getting near the area and it's probably helpful to numerically look at what we've done with the fund. When we uh, talked, we were 50, just over 50% uh, 
in cash last time we talked. Um, that number is now 35%, um, 15 of that. So we've effectively uh, deployed just over 15% of, of, uh, into, of the fund in the last uh, month and a half, 15% of that. So the vast majority of it, 95% of what we have deployed the last month and a half has been into private markets. They have had some uh, pretty material uh, changes to their valuation, just like the public markets. And so we saw an opportunity there. So from the, from the highest level, we really haven't changed our public equity position and we're still a third in cash. A conservative fund would be five, maybe 10% in cash. And so we're still uh, not there. Um, we are, are not buying today. Uh, we uh, know that uh, the, the time to pick the bottom, that bottom pixel on the chart is when it is um, hardest to uh, be buying. That's the, you know, the point of capitulation. But there is some indicators um, just in terms around like the VIX, for example. We still haven't seen that elevated VIX. And we generally believe that 2023 is going to be a good year for tech that still remains unchanged. And we think about uh, kind of deploying uh, through the next uh, few months. Uh, we had talked before about fall time as kind of the bottom forming. That's probably been pushed out a month or two. But we are in a camp that, again, we're going to, you know, we're, we're getting close, which, again, begs the question of what is that moment of, of when uh, we kind of say now is the time? And the answer is we're not going to have that moment. We're going to have a period where we will uh, kind of uh, uh, average into uh, what we think is the bottom of the market. So you'll, uh, so like you've already like determined on a day like today that, you know, you're just going to set out ending the week on a Friday, you know, well, you always end the week on a Friday, but uh, settling on the lows of the week. Uh, so it's that, it's just more like that decision is made decision before made. the day. Yep. The decision's already made. So, all right. Part, well, part of that, just to kind of fill in the uh, blank there is that uh, we, we, you know, we're still, uh, we still got a lot of money invested. And so we still want the market to go up. Uh, and, and so we, um, you know, that's a, a piece to it. And the, the, it's, it's less about, you know, entering the weekend, you can kind of play this forward. You can see the market rally inner day and then probably fade going into the, the close, given uh, some of the, the new dynamics related to uh, Russia, Ukraine. And, uh, but what the real, factor for us is it's more about what's going to happen around the September quarter, the December outlook. And so that's still a few weeks away. So we're probably going to be sitting tight for weeks unless we just see some crazy negativity in the VIX. Oh, okay. And uh, so let's talk about, let's talk about Q, uh, Q3 inning season coming up and uh, your expectations. I mean, it, I, overall it didn't, um, didn't uh, you feel that like a lot of companies like got a pass uh, for Q2? Someone like, well, they're not getting a pass now. Someone like uh, like Google, uh, not the greatest numbers. The stock still did uh, did rally a little bit. Um, well, what, what you're thinking that um, you know they're they're not quite gonna you know this time this time around they're not gonna get the free the free pass. Yes, I think that's the the, the general view in part because. What got them the free pass last time was to say that uh, when they said that they um, they didn't necessarily think that things were getting worse, or I forgot the exact language, but it was pretty 
ambiguous, but it wasn't clearly negative. Therefore, it was a positive. And in, in this case, we have uh, the new dynamic around trying to read Powell. And you can look at all the all these factors, all the the um, indicators, leading indicators. Uh, they've been negative for six months. Economic leading indicators. Uh, you can look at uh, earnings. Uh, you can uh, ultimately, we think that it comes down to a pressure point, and this comes back to how investors, we think, are going to interpret the December guidance. Is the pressure point is inflation, and it's pretty clear, even if. Uh, Powell is trying to show a poker face and be uh, as hawkish as possible just to get people to believe it. It's pretty clear that they are this dual mandate is off the table. Uh, the The mandate is to reduce inflation, and uh, the uh, Fed will deal with the consequences of unemployment uh, when when inflation is under control, and that's a stronger, longer message. That's the higher for longer kind of. Uh, takeaway. But in the, in the context of December results, I think if you have uh, just unapologetically strong results, I think the, these companies will get credit, will get credit for that. But this pass that we saw in the June quarter probably doesn't happen because investors will sit back and say, uh, Google gave kind of uh, flattish guidance or commentary. They don't give guidance, but kind of flattish commentary about the December quarter. But we have this uh, backdrop of uh, this hawkish Fed that is um, unprecedented uh, that just kind of takes some of the momentum out of that stability. All right. I got uh, I got Sean Udall uh, on the line with us also today, uh, uh, Gene. And uh, I know we had a back and forth a couple months ago uh, with him. And uh, Sean, you got any, you got any questions you want to throw at Gene? Yeah, hey, not, nice to hear hear you again, Gene, and and see you at least uh, see you on phone voice here. Um, I, I do. So, so you had made an interesting comment um, that you had invested more on the private side uh, than the public, and it seems to me I'm just I'm just curious. It's kind of a two parter. The first part being, it would seem to me the public equities are heavily, heavily. I mean, I would almost say massively discounted versus private equity, but did, did you see like such a large discount in a couple targets that you decided to go the private side or am I mistaken that private equity has dropped as much as public equity and nobody's talking about it? Uh, you're, you're right on is that it has not happened that uh, private equity hasn't had the same correction. I think the difference here, what got us intrigued is that typically private equity doesn't have that the, the, the full correction because you can't get this vortex of short sellers and uh, just headline uh, concern, obviously, because you're not marked uh, to market. That's right. Daily. And so it, it's typically what you, you will see is that the valuations in the private, they'll, they come down, but they'll usually bottom 10, 15% uh, below where the, the, uh, the, the public ones. Uh, so we're never going to get there. We're, we're not quite at that uh, down 10 to 15%. I think a, a safe number is to think about from its peak, uh, private equity is down 20%. Some of them are down 50, but it's, if you look at NASDAQ down just over 30% and some of the other growth indexes down 40, 50%, we haven't seen that in private equity. So then uh, the question of why would we do it? Why, if we haven't, if we're so negative and why would we decide to invest in these companies, and the the answer is is that there are a handful. And we can't 
can't disclose which the companies are because they've got some policies around uh, how they disclose their cap table, but the they're just uh, what we think are just just some of the the juiciest growth opportunities, and uh, we're comfortable at um, still underwriting that at a below fire sale prices, just because we believe in the company's long term, and and some of these companies won't be public for at the earliest two years, more likely five years. And so it just changes the um, dynamic around valuation. Got it. So it's, it's almost like you, it, it, it's it's sort of a place that you can store value because you don't have to exactly. deal with the mark to market every day. Exactly. That's exactly right. We think we can take advantage of the market and with some aspect versus not doing anything and the market comes back next year and, and we're paying up again for some of these assets. So you're right. That's it's a way we can put money to work in a way that we, we think we're getting value for our LPs. But at the same time, we don't have the uh, the, the the wicked uh, emotional swings that we're seeing. I mean, it's just I'm I'm I was Florida a week ago at, at how the, the emotion is rifling through these yeah. companies. And uh, I've yeah. just lost adjectives to describe what it's like now. Yeah, yeah, there's been uh, during the uh, the the CPI that uh, ninety minute one minute bar, and then uh, some of the, the other things that we've had. Uh, Christopher Marin's asking, and we know you're in tech. Is there any particular sector of the private equity market that you uh, invest in? I know you can't disclose the companies, but uh, uh, forward looking, yeah. uh, can you can you? Just I would just say you know there's some some bigger. Uh, we we call them uh, undeniable truths, undeniable trends. Um, I think that one. I can just tell you the bigger uh, segments. I think that um, like national defense is uh, an important place, and uh, I think your uh, the the basic trend is onshoring. Whether it's uh, in, in countries starting to focus more inward. Over the last forty years, we've been this globalization phase, and we're starting to move back to. Uh, countries kind of relying on themselves more. I'm reminded of my very basic economics class and uh, the kind of one of the agreements about comparative advantage that uh, if you just focus on what you're really good at and let other countries focus on what they're really good at, everybody wins. I don't know if comparative advantage is going to win in the next uh, few years. That creates opportunities around national defense, new ways to think about national defense, uh, security. It, I think it also... Um, just if you think about uh, uh, just bringing more tech back to the U.S. more broadly, this is outside of national defense. I think there's opportunities there. And so um, uh, we're going to be able to say more later, but those are kind of the we're, we're, we're rifting off of that theme about onshoring. All right. Two, two things I want to hit on before we go. Uh, first of all, I, Dennis wanted to be on. Uh, he Aww. is out, he's out to sick with, uh, with uh, the Rona. Uh, but he is just, um, he fully hedged his Apple position. He didn't want to pay taxes on it. And um, he, he's just, he's just, he's worried. He, well, he's been worried about the market and uh, correctly so he's been excellent on calling the, uh, the dips and in the, in the, uh, in the rallies in this market. Uh, but he's just, he's just worried that Apple's going to have one of those quarters where, you know, they lower guidance or they don't make as much money. Uh, give us, just give a little bit. He's more worried about, you know, the PE. It's still trading at the highest valuation. I know you argued for a long time that it didn't get the proper valuation and it did. And that's when it had a considerable run. Now that the valuation, at least from multiple, uh, has caught up to itself. 
what 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 can we say to assuage his fears? Well, the thing that makes me most concerned is that I'm not concerned about it, and <laughs> I think there's a like a sense of like this. Um, everyone's going to get get hit, get hit by this, and of course the you know if you just want to pick the pressure point on on Apple, it's uh, it's the iPhone and. Uh, everyone has one everyone has one it's like getting the iphone right i think is gonna uh, at least determine the stock over the next uh, year or two i think ultimately when they get into different product categories that's where it probably drives it longer further longer but at least the near term it's think about the iphone and this has been really well documented um we've we've done our own work on it too that basically shows that the iphone the new cycle is off to a good start it, it's only a, we're only a week into it and so trying to look at lead times relative to what the the product is going to do over the next 12 months based on five days of data seven days of data uh, may seem like it's um reckless but there has there is a history of um looking at the lead times and specifically when lead times increase, it's not the actual absolute number, but I would say to Dennis that, that, uh, that I actually feel, feel really good about, uh, Apple. I think that they're going to, uh, largely buck the trend. And, um, again, piece that makes me most nervous is I think most people are thinking the same thing. Uh, okay. what happens if I'm wrong? Where does it go? If I'm wrong, you probably get back to that 125. All right, Don, one other one that you, you got me in in single digits here that I've been trying to hold on to. Uh, Live Inc. Corp. Uh, got up, made a new all-time high yesterday, showing an excellent relative strength. Got hit with the market uh, back at the, the, down to buck 38 today. Uh, you know, sticking with it. I just uh, been with it for a long time. Yeah, Stalling. Gonna... Yeah, I remember talking about this in single digits. Any, any uh, final thoughts on um, LTHM? Their uh, lithium's a big deal, regardless okay. of uh, how you think about the batteries, uh, like the chemistry of batteries going forward. Lithium is going to be one of the core materials within that, and so I, uh, they're uh, they're minor. Uh, I think that uh, long term, uh, there's they probably have some headwinds about different ways to extract lithium uh, from the earth, but over the next few years, I just think can't get enough lithium. Okay. All right. We are coming up on our 9.15 here. Uh, Gene, thanks a lot. A lot of great information. Yeah. Hey, Joel. Gonna... Joel. Yes, can sir? I get? Can I squeeze in a zinger for Gene? Quick, Just one? quick one. Quick one. Yep. Okay, Gene. 2013, you and I both thought Apple was crazy. Is there a stock, maybe like Intel, which would be a similar setup today as Apple was in 2013? It's probably Meta. Okay. Oh, okay. I love it. I love. I don't know if you heard us, but I. I said it's getting crazy cheap. So yeah, I, I didn't hear that, but um, yeah, we've we own Meta. Uh, it's it's cheap. Uh, they got a product that's not good for the world, but it's good for making money, and. Um, <laughs> Okay. So I think that is that all way. All right. We got to wrap it up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow. Wrap it up on that note. Uh, Gene Munster, managing partner at Lou Ventures. Sean Udall filling in aptly for uh, Triple D. Folks, let's have a good day. S&Ps are rallying off that pre-market low. Let's see if that can be defended. Uh, ending the week, I'm out on t- uh, Monday for the Jewish holiday. Back on Tuesday with the full crew. Everyone, have a great day. Thanks for participating. Thanks, guys. See ya. We'll
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.